Welcome. I'm the Parliament Raven. Welcome. Pull up a seat. Pour yourself a glass of tea. My name's Jason Rodriguez, and I'm the Parliament Raven. And today, we are going to talk about something that just follows up well uh, with last week's uh, podcast, and this one's called Committing to the Change. And we've talked about change, and we've talked about how how it can affect your life, and, and we've talked about perspective last week, but there's just something about focusing on the idea of change as a transformational thing, right? And we see that John C. Maxwell has this really good I think, quote to go with this, change is the inevitable. Growth is optional, right? And I'm not talking about change that comes from the, the left field, uh, from the world. I'm not talking about change that, that's forced upon you. I'm talking about that decisive change that you decide to go after. And and as we unwrap this as as believers of faith, and those of you who are, who are listening who aren't believers of faith, let me just tell you, as we unwrap it, there's a proverb, an ancient wisdom by one of the most wise men uh, in history, right? I'm not going to just throw out random information and random quotes by, by people that are just from today. I mean, yes, there's a lot of great wisdom out there, but some of the ancient stuff is just fantastic. And the ancient wise person I'm talking about is King Solomon, known to be the wisest man in in Jewish literature and culture, and even around the world today is still considered one of the wisest people. And his proverb, Proverbs 16.9, the heart of man plans his course but the Lord determines his steps. And it could also be said that the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So we, it talks about this wisdom about this creator who created us, knowing that we are going to plan to do something, to create this change, whether it be in our life, our, our job, uh, our friendships, uh, marriage, uh, the list goes on, education. Uh, the Lord is going to establish this, the, the steps or determine the steps he takes. And that right there, at least for a believer, is comforting, right? I'm going to make these plans, but I have someone bigger than me helping guiding my steps towards getting those plans. And be that as it may, sometimes my plans don't seem to work the way I want it to, but as a God who wants to establish my steps, who wants the best for me, as we discussed in our last perspective, we have just this comfort of faith that helps us along our journey for when we step or misstep along the path that we've determined or the decide the change we are going for, right? So what 
can these decisive changes be? What are they? What am I talking about? Is this ambiguous idea? No, no. No, it's not, right? There's, there's usually decisive changes that we think about. Getting healthy physically, mentally, spiritually, changing how we think. I mean, from negative to positive is a big change. Like That whole change of men- mentality and perspective is huge. Changing what you spend uh, your time on, uh, from video games to going out and learning paddle boarding. Uh, personal reference, uh, from not reading to becoming a prolific reader and falling in love with reading a type of books, right? This type of decisive change of spending time uh, is one of the hard ones because it's be- it's more than just deciding or making a decisive change to spend time. It's this decision to reevaluate where you what are you doing with most of your day. Right, Jordan B. Peterson talks about the amount of time we sleep, and he was talking. Uh, I recently heard him talking about uh, a father arguing with his son, and he spent 15 minutes a day doing that. And, and over the year, it was like the amount of time this father spent arguing with his child was it became a part of their lives, and it wasn't a positive part. And so, committing to change something like that is epic. You can also. <laughs> You also have that, you know, changing who you spend time with. And sometimes that's on purpose and sometimes it's not. Sometimes uh, there's just changes. And I have a metaphor for that, but that's going to be for another time. Uh, Just know that it has to do with lights going on and off. Anyways, anyways, after that little drop, let's continue forward. And, And we're committing to a decisive change. And that means we're setting our soul, our, our mind, our heart, our time, our energy to changing something, committing to it, that even if we fall, we get back up and do it. For instance, I uh, have been committed to, of course, I've, talking, I've been talking about this, getting healthier, putting on muscles that I've never done before, and going against the perspective of negative perspective that people have thrown at me. And I've hit rocks, of course. I've uh, dietary issues or getting a cold and knowing that if I go to the to the to work out, it's gonna make me worse. So I have to I have to rest, and then I'm still preparing my mind to go back. And I'm and I'm hungering to go back as I have this head cold. And I think you probably can hear a little bit as it's clearing, been clearing up. That I've committed to do that. And it's hard, and it, it would be easier just to not do it anymore. But since I've made this commitment, there's this energy and there's this focus to do it. And even when, when I feel at my worst, I'm still trying, and I'm looking for things to help with that commitment. Now, people in the Bible have committed to change. Don't I'm not just going to say this and, and pull a... A, what's called an eisegesis, where I'm just pulling a topic and a word just for my benefit. No, I'm, I'm using Proverbs 16 uh, of man making his plans and the Lord determining his steps to kind of focusing on what happened to these men in the Bible. And of course, there's women too, but being a guy, I relate to the to guys. If, if you want more about women, maybe I'll have my, my lovely wife uh, talk about that. Uh, there's Ruth. There's uh, plenty in there. 
plenty of biblical heroines who committed to change, and some are just amazing. So let's look at uh, let's we're going to go to the new New Testament. That's that's the epistles. That's the stuff that's about Jesus. That's the stuff that's that's about the current covenant. That's about what's applicable now uh, in our lives because it's the most relatable. I mean, even though it's from uh, two thousand, almost two thousand years ago, uh, we have men and women struggling at the time to find this change. And the first person I'm going to start with, I'm, I'm going to do this kind of in order, is is Zacchaeus. And you're going to find him in Luke 19, 1 and 10. And Zacchaeus is this little guy. So imagine imagine this major prophet. He's thinking this major prophet, the son of God, coming into his town. There's a procession. He can't he can't, he can't, he's small in stature for one thing, and he can't see, so he climbs a tree, and the guy who's walking through and parading through stops and looks at him and says, hey, I'm gonna spend time at your house. Now, this guy is greedy. He's a tax collector. He is known to just rip people off. He is wealthy from doing it, talking about a guy who fleeces people left and right, and Jesus turns and looks at him and says, we're gonna stay with you. We're gonna eat with you, and Zacchaeus is just struck. He, at that moment, he in his mind, he is g- going to make a decisive change. It, it, and it may not say that in the word, but it, his actions that follow does. Because Zacchaeus, after that, uh, says, I'm going to give half of my money away to the poor. And if I've cheated you, I'm going to give you four times the amount that I cheated you. Because I'm decisively changing to be someone who's not only a better human, but a follower of God, right? This this Messiah guy, this prophet guy, he's focused on me and says that I have, and, and, and thinks I have what it takes, so I'm going to show, I'm making decision to show what I have it takes. And sometimes you get that in, in coaching stuff, right? You go to a Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins focuses on a guy. He's like, we're going to change. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm going to change. And we're going to do this. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And it it could be as simple as that, right? It could be that simple uh, decision of change in in the moment in in your own bedroom where you see something on TV and you're like, I want to be like that or I want to do that. The decisive change, it can happen in a moment or can be planned, right? So Zacchaeus does that. He he gives away half his wealth. He think and he goes from being this this guy who thought that riches were all important to changing, and and there's more to the story there in the sense that it, there's a character change in that decisive change that he committed to this decisive change of heart, right? And not and we don't know what was in his mind, and we don't know what he was struggling with. But one could think that he was. He hated, spit on, um, you know, life was threatened, uh, ostracized by his community, right? So that's just one guy. Let's go to let's go to a a fictional guy, and why I say he's fictional is because he comes from a parable. So Jesus is telling this story, all right? You have plenty of people around him. Uh, imagine the crowds. It's a beautiful day. He's probably by the Sea of Galilee, so the 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 water you can hear the water in the background hitting the beach, and he has these 
stuffy dressed Pharisees and Sadducees uh, to his right, peering at him, judging his every word. And you have this throng of people, some who have been healed, uh, some who are just hearing, coming to hear a, a major speaker of the Jewish Torah to bring clarification, to bring them closer to the God that they serve and love. Uh, or that they serve in uh, as a you know as part of their culture, and he brings up something that's gonna really mess with the crowd. And he talks about this son, and he calls him the prodigal. And this prodigal son decides that he is wants his dad his his inheritance. So basically, he wants his dad dead. And he, this prodigal son, uh, his father says, here you go. And he takes it and he's like, my life's going to be better because this, my first decisive change is that I don't need this family. I just need my money. I can make good decisions. And his good decision is to go to the city and spend it on women and booze. <sighs> and so he's, he goes through all his money uh, on a, a levacious life of, of women and booze. And ends up that there's a famine, and he ends up doing disgusting work working for a pig farmer who doesn't pay him well. He's he eats the slop with the pigs. He rotten, disgusting mash mash of food, picking through it for his foods. And he decides in his heart, he makes a decisive change. He's like, I'm I need to humble myself. Um, my dad would treat his servants better. I'm just going to go back and treat my, you know, be a servant there because being a servant here is just the pits. I was wrong. I'm foolish. I just need to go back. At least I can get a better room overhead and at least I can be fed under my father's house. And now the miraculous part about this story and the story that offends the Jewish people at the time is that he is fully forgiven his father puts a ring on his finger and a robe and welcomes him home as a son, right? And this parable is, is kind of a representation of humanity in its, in its falling away and making bad decisions because that's what sin is. It's missing the mark. And we'll talk more about that in another podcast. And the father just welcomes him home. And he's like, Dad, I'm sorry. And he's and it's this joyous weeping moment of a father and a son, of two, a parent, embracing and welcoming home their wayward child. And there's two decisive moments there. Let me, let's re, let's recap. There's a decisive moment where he wants his money and his father basically saying, dad, I, I, I don't care. You're like, I wish you were dead. I want my money. And then making bad life choices by spending enough money in booze. And then the decisive moment to humble himself and be a better man and go and ask for, for at least the forgiveness to the point of I'll be a servant because I was a horrible child and getting what he didn't deserve, grace. Right? And then, last but not least, uh, this one's more applicable today. We have a murderer on the scene, a guy who is a kingpin of religious might and authority. We have Saul, and you could probably call him Saul the Destroyer, or at least to the Christians of the time, he was known as Saul the Destroyer because if Saul put his sight on you, you his goal was to murder you dead. You were wrong for the you were wrongly representing God. You were wrong for the Jewish community. You needed to go until Paul was struck blind on the road to Damascus. And the Lord said, hey, you're persecuting my people. Now, Paul could have remained blind, but instead he goes and gets himself healed. And then he submits himself 
to being taught for three years. Uh, let's see, where's my notes? Um, for three years, I think it's Arabia. So if you want to hear about that, that's in Galatians 1, 11 through 20. And if you want to hear about the prodigal, it's Luke 23, 39 through 43. But Paul does this dramatic, decisive change after meeting meeting God. He commits to not only um, learning, but he also then later commits to, to learning under others um, and sweeping. Uh, and Paul would later write a portion of his letters are a portion of the Bible. But it's this decisive change that was sparked, of course, by God. Uh, God leads, you know, God determines, establishes his steps, and he committed to them, right? So you have us, our everyday lives, where, where we kind of commit to stuff, you know, I'm going to eat better, and then you just don't go to McDonald's for a week. Or I'm going to play less video games and go out into the world, and then you just cut an hour and go walk out to the mailbox. But then the people we want to be like, the people who change themselves in the world, the Tony Robbins, the Walt Disney's, uh, the nobodies who become somebodies are the people willing to commit their lives to a change, right? And and that's say not saying that you can't commit your life to a change and commit your life to say God. They're not mutually exclusive. But that is saying that you want to be better. Um, I'm assuming, I'm putting myself on a branch out here, that you want to be better. Most people want to be better. They want to be healthier. They want to look, feel good when they look in the mirror. They want to feel intelligent when they're having a conversation because they read a book that their friends read. They want to go to places and see beautiful sequoia trees or uh, paddle a paddle uh, board uh, down a, a river or across a lake or in the ocean. They want to learn how to sail a boat. They want to learn how to fly a plane or do their taxes. I mean, the list goes on cook a meal, not burn a toast. Uh, even some things as, as, as small as that is still something one must commit to, right? And in that, we find self-acceptance, we find accomplishment, we find grit, we build grit because there's going to be failures along the way. And failures is the hand that helps you learn. So committing to change is a hard thing because we commit to so very small, weak 
things that we think we commit to, or we give up quickly. I mean, one of the two, right? One of the two. So, so, Parliament, I, I like to bring challenges to you. You know that. I'm, I've been bringing you challenges for quite a few episodes now. And the challenge here is to understand what you're committing yourself to. Are you committing yourself to binge watch Netflix? And is that healthy? Are you committing yourself to grow in some fashion? What change do you want that you haven't fully committed to? Right? What what change in one's life have you not fully committed to? Think on that. Meditate on it. Got it? It's in your head? All right. Now, I want you to commit to that. And I want you to set small goals to reach that commitment. It's not just... I commit to that. I'm going to do it because that is what we do at New Year's. And I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I've said that on other casts. No, I've, I want you to write a small list of attainable goals to reach your commitment and, you know, and reward yourself when you hit those commitments. Now, if you're a believer, listen, listen up. You're going to make a commitment to change. Make sure you, in your relationship with the Almighty, seek His assistance, right? Because He determines your steps. Uh, in my opinion, He determines everyone's steps. I don't believe in coincidences. Another podcast topic for another day. But, man, that's three of them. Woo. Anyways, uh, commit to that change. Give it your all. And if you fail, get up, dust yourself off, grit your teeth, and try again until you reach it. And if you still struggle and you fall and you don't think you can, find assistance. It's not It's not something to be ashamed of. Finding assistance is sometimes the key to success. Right, and the worst thing that could happen is you get a no, yeah, right back to where you start, and then you seek assistance somewhere else. So, commit to that change, give it your all. Right, we have other people in the word that committed to change and completely radically changed your life from murderer to apostle, from tax collector to philanthropist, from prodigal. Slop eating son to a uh, son who gets a room again and three meals a day and, and a gold ring and a, and a brand new rope and, and some new slippers. I mean, man, he, he really came out on top of that commitment to change. But you never know until you commit. So thanks for listening. Pour yourself another glass of tea. And I'll see you next week. Hopefully. Bye. If you enjoyed the conversation, please hit the like and subscribe button and give us a rating. Also, if you'd like to see what's going on with more of the Parliament, please visit gravitas.org. Also, intro music by Russ Budgen and exit music by Arnav Siravistav. Thanks again.